Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Thinker Girls Pod Channel. I am not Stacey June. I am, in fact, Christy Mercer. Old mate is not here. No, she actually is. She's sitting 30 seconds away from the microphone. Don't talk, it's mine. Remit. <laughs> no, um, I am here to welcome you to your summer. Whatever you're getting up to. Maybe you're taking a little break. Maybe you're working straight through. Whatever you are doing, hoping that you're loving your life. Sook. Um, this will be um, a bit of a collection, I suppose, of some of our fave chats, mine and Stacey's favourite chats, as well as yours from right across the year. Far out, we were reflecting the other day on the fact that 2018 has been a banger when it comes to the guests that we have had come through, not just our podcast channel, um, but also Stacey's house. It is a very um, personal space that her and her hubby Ben constantly open up to our guests, which is why I guess you'll always feel that um, sense of real openness actually sitting down having a chat and maybe hearing different bits and pieces from celebs and people that you follow online that you've never heard from before and that's something that we're mega proud of so hopefully you enjoy this with a bev or maybe not enjoy okay bye Welcome to the Thinker Girls Pod channel. I'm Stacey June. And I'm Christy Mercer. Hello. You're a very rugged up Stacey June today. It's gotten <laughs> I know, man. How's your little hat? It's so cute. It's from Tasmania when I went with the girls last year. I'm frothing it. Man, girls trips are underrated. They become less and less as you get older mm. and they become more important as you get older. Well, I've been trying to organise one for about six years and everyone's like, because mm. it... It's very hard to get every single person at the exact same time to be ready and keen enough to go to the same place. Yeah, you just got to get less friends. Yeah, uh, like well, that's what I've done over the years. I've got two besties, <laughs> and the, the three key. of us could make it work. It's so much easier than a group. I think you've, you're right, though. You've just got to be like, this is where it's happening. If you can, awesome. If you can't, catches. Yeah, you know. And I think there's an a, an ability to do that if you do them more regularly too mm. because if you're like every true, couple true, of true. years you can catch the next one you know it's not, it takes the pressure mate off. we've been planning our 30th overseas trip for the past four years and already one of the girls has gone oh I don't think it's going to work and that was like a year ago and I'm like we're not turning 30 for like three years we've already dismissed that it's not possible <laughs> yeah I can't make no? it in 2020 I, I'm God. sorry I'm busy yeah I've got a few oh, friends like that I've, I'm slowly fading them off um <laughs> I don't have that many to fade out. <laughs> uh, welcome to our pod channel. This is uh, where we hang most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, drop different shows throughout the week. Yesterday, we dropped the catch up. The 411's coming up this week as well as a posse podcast tomorrow. But today, we sit down or uh, we share a, a sit down chat that we had with a particular woman that I, I got to be honest, I wasn't 
like when you you said let's talk to mm-hmm. Talitha Cummins, mm-hmm. we're talking about, I had to kind of Google and go, all right, what can I find yep. out about Talitha? And Jesus, yeah, so there was much. a lot. So much. I think it was probably about, I don't know, a couple of years ago when she started talking about um, the fact that she was an alcoholic. And it was really refreshing to see somebody that from the outside you think totally has their shit together, is stunning, is young, has this is this driven career woman. Well, she's and quite I, successful too. She's a journalist yeah. for a lot. She's been a journalist for a long time. She did all of the the morning shows. Yeah, she I found it. Did a lot of work around the like all across the country. She's done that for a long time, but yeah. it was only a couple of weeks ago that that kind of. She resurfaced talking about they did this big special on 60 Minutes about why is alcoholism was it amongst a, 60 mums minutes driving. Or Australian story? Might have been Australian story, but yeah. it was definitely 60 Minutes as, as well, well, a couple okay. of weeks. Because yeah. I was watching it on Sunday on the couch a few weeks ago. And that's when it jogged me and thought, we need to get her on to talk about this. It's mega important. Well, I'm so glad you did because I, oh my God, I just felt such a rapport with her. Mm. Um, mm. We, she, you know, she kind of goes into also falling, which very, very um, on, on the kind of the boundary of falling pregnant and then having a, a real issue with mm. uh, Channel 7. Mm. They had to settle out of court because there was obviously um, there's some sort of discrimination going on. Yeah. We didn't touch too much on that because there was just so much depth to talk to her about her mm. and not necessarily the things that have happened to her, but how the things that have happened to her have shaped her. Alcoholism is one of them. That story throughout her career, she'd worked for 16 years as a journalist and that kind of was where things were as up until, up until last year, really. The cool thing I really... I really dug about this chat was how honest she was about the journey of finding who she truly is. And still is. Yeah, and still is continuing to do that. So there there will be something within this chat with Talitha that you'll definitely connect to. 100%. She's also a passionate mental health advocate, doing a lot of work across um, keynote speaking and, and all of that stuff. So I think this is a really good time for women. Uh, and I know that sounds like such a cliche kind of throwaway comment, but the more and more we get interesting women in this show, the more and more I'm inspired by everybody like just paving their own path and Talitha is certainly one of them I left the chat feeling inspired Same. and pleased that I had met her yeah if you if you really like it to share it with a mate tag a friend send them the link would really appreciate it here's the chat Welcome to the podcast channel, Talitha Cummins. Thank you for having me. Great oh, to meet you both. We're glad that you're here. Just don't watch it. Watch your head on the Thinker Girls fluoro just behind you. Yeah, on yeah. the pointy, sharp thing that you've just put. We've had a right few, next to my head. Had a few <laughs> run-ins there. The bottom of our logo being the speech bubble. It's quite lethal. That point. <laughs> it's a point. It means business. Like talk out of here. Business. <laughs> oh my god, we've got a lot of things to talk to you so about. So many. You're right up our jam. Got to say, like, Aww. there's just a lot of things, mm. and it's bad. But it's kind of bad because you've gone through real heavy shit and that's why sometimes it's like we want to talk to you and it's like that's unfortunate because... Yeah, but that's fine. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. that's us. We yeah, also gone through heavy shit, which we're like, yeah, that, I am. But I'm yeah. not sure if that's celebrated amongst everybody. No, I, look, I've, I've talked so much about my yeah. shit that I'm more than happy <laughs> to talk to you about it as well. Let's re-talk about that <laughs> shit, all right? Let's do that. No, we're, we're, we're really stoked that you're here. You have a very good energy about you, by the way. Oh, thank you. It's quite familiar. You know, sometimes when you, like, you'll get to know people pretty quickly, but you know when you first say hello, there could be, like, a bit of awkwardness? Yes. I didn't feel that from you. Okay, okay that's great. Hi. How some we people. Had, well, you put the wrong batteries in, there was tech problems, you know? <laughs> There's plenty of room for awkwardness in those no moments. No shit. That is yeah. something that I do, so, yeah. So, you've been a journalist for some time. Mm-hmm. How did you start out? Because we've done 
the gruesome regional run, were you straight into the big cities or? No, I did the gruesome regional you run did. as well. Oh, I thought to you us about have. it. Yeah, yeah, but I loved the gruesome regional run. Mm-hmm. I um I started out on the Gold Coast. I originally wanted to be a criminal psychologist and work in prisons. But that, my... that is a very popular thing to originally like. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I never really? find out people end up doing it, but a lot of people start there or think about putting it as a uni preference. How old were you when you thought about that? I think it was all those murder shows, though, for reals, though. Maybe. Maybe Mm. it was around that time. It was fascinating. They're really glorified. Fascinated by, you know, Silence of the Lambs and all that sort of stuff. Oh, cool. Um, But anyway, I did ended up doing journalism and I went to Griffith Uni on the Gold Coast Mm. and then did a whole heap of work experience and got my first job in Cairns, of all places. Ah, thank you. Cairns girl over there. My first radio job, Mm. yeah. Not a bad place to start your career not right bad. not well not bad i yeah yeah continue do you know the woolshed nightclub are you of familiar course. with that oh, so i was up on the podium on the roof to hang on yeah. like, oh, I mean, that's stunning <laughs> stunning work. because you can stand on the tables and dance the my two best mates that i met in Cairns, both journos yeah one of them was on radio one of them was telly um met and got married but they met at the woolshed oh yeah so that's a stunning meeting story a story yeah. were they hanging off the handle of at any point i mean yes. you don't go there if you're not going to commit because <laughs> you'll get stepped your head will get stepped on <laughs> Those tables are fucking high. I wouldn't want to go there. Ooh. Really? I don't know. Yeah. It was it was a special place, special memories from that place. And shout out to people that have followed me to here because there'd be a heap of listeners from Cairns. Yeah. Hannah is one particular one oh, that has yes, been a listener. Oh, Hannah. God love you, girlfriend. From the very girlfriend. first show I ever did. Some loyal She's followers. Yeah, we've picked, yeah, up, a, we've cool. picked up a few loyalists from around, yeah. the, around the traps. Well, you deserve to. Mm. So talk you to us about tough. from there, from hanging off the rooftops of the woolshed. <laughs> um, that was... It was an interesting time because I was a really shy and introverted girl when I went How into the industry. So I would have been about 22 or 23, yeah, yeah. living at home, um, you know, pretty lacking in self-confidence. Mm. Um, so I got there and I remember uh, VIPs, you know, obviously weren't uncommon in, in Cairns and then Prime Minister John Howard came to town and I was sent to cover his press conference with all the big journos who'd come up from um, Sydney and, and Melbourne and I remember having my little hand in there in my oh. microphone was shaking and just thinking, oh, shit, this is terrifying, you know, and I just got a question, just got a question out. But it was the first time I sort of realised that anxiety was going to play a pretty big part yeah. in, in uh, what I'd chosen as a public career. Talk to us about that moment. Was there ever, was there ever a point where you go... Why am I doing this? Oh, because so or so often you hear so many, you know, like comedians or actors or, you know, that maybe are naturally introverted people mm. that have this element of, yeah, extrovertedness that comes out through their career or and it's almost like popping on a mask and doing something different. Yes. Was there a part of you that got, that went, why am I doing this if it's such a full-on thing for me to you know, experience. For sure. There were so many times throughout my career I'd be sitting there. You know how you just get that little reality check every now and then if you're doing something quite surreal? Yeah. You know, I'd be sitting on a on the sunrise desk with Koshi or I'd be doing a live cross overseas and standing, you know, getting a countdown in my ear and think, oh, my God, what am it's I It's trippy. It happened to me here? on Family Feud. Yeah, <laughs> she almost fainted. Yeah. Legit. Yeah, because we, we were on air. We got our dream job. Everything happened quite quickly, as it does yes. in the industry. And, and we were asked to do... Um, like celebrity All stars, and we were like celeb. We've barely been on a show, oh. so it was like but Kiss FM versus Gold FM, yeah, oh. something like yes. that. So we, but the the twist of the story is 
four months before, I was working as an online producer on Family Feud. So I was in Black's on the other side of the camera trying to earn a bit of a buck as I tried to get the Thinker Girls off the ground. So all of a sudden I have – and so I was mates with everybody. Yeah. And I looked around and as Grant Denyer starts his (laughs) intro (laughs) package, I'm going – what the fuck? Yeah. You said she said to me under her breath, she goes, oh, I'm gonna faint. I'm gonna faint. Yeah, it was oh, legit so panic you actually, Did you faint? Was, no, I didn't. But I just put a bottle of water up and Dal, one of my girlfriends, was like, You know you can't drink water, you know, of all people. And I'm like, No, nah, ma'am, no good. No oh, good. Yeah. So she brought the lollies and calmed down and yeah. But so it you was know what I mean, right? Totally, about that feeling. Totally. I have those fade out sometimes. I would get them on air all the time. Some you know, like <laughs> when you know, I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Not anxious, but you know sometimes where I'd take more than a second to respond to something you'd say? I would I would 100% pull you up on that too. Yeah, always. Like, Hello? <laughs> Hello? Are you, Are you with me? Cause I'm well, there. because everyone else is thinking it. Because like, I would just zone you out. You haven't answered. I'd zone out sometimes and just ta- – I do so it on sunrise every now and then. you think anxiety? No, but I do have this outer body experience, yeah, okay. right? Same idea. Where – yeah, it's not an anxious or a nervous thing. It's more of a what the fuck. I do it on yeah. sunrise well, then often. You've got to be very thankful that then you're not an anxious person because that begins Can and throw then for you. the rest yeah. of us, it ne- then kicks in. It gives you an opportunity to then freak. Right. And if you're anxious, you freak fast. Because I'll watch or listen sure. back to things and I'm like, oh, you can't from the exterior tell, but inside I was somewhere else. Yes. Yeah, but ugh, I mean – Kudos to you for being somewhere else and then just being okay. Pulling it together. I've made an eye. <laughs> a bit vague like, and then. I'm just trying to make sure we stand up. <laughs> Not like, I can totally get it, guys. I just have this moment and it goes. I'm like, I can lose my breath. <laughs> I mean, please, please. Is there a point at 22 when you're realising that where you think, I've got to give this away or are you going this is making you more determined like mm. I want to get inside your brain at that age like, yes. oh, but not so just at that age when you were saying it's happened several times mm. yeah, like for sure. you have readdressed that there was a book that I read in my early teens um, because I was that shy and anxious young girl called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway and it sounds cheesy Never but heard it's it. no I read it and I was like oh my god this really resonates with me you know maybe not everyone is confident and not everyone can go to a party and be the life of the party without booze or mm. you know so that that kind of became my internal motto I think mm, cool. um, moving forward and I recognized that being a quiet and shy girl that I needed to push myself harder and I, I recognized you know after it took some years to recognize this that you needed to to push through to be able to achieve and and grow before getting to that point though I imagine there were lots of either self-medication or you trying mm. to push yourself to be an extrovert when you probably weren't a lot of different things that you may have gone down can you tell us a bit about the ways you had to learn to get yeah, to that point for sure well my, alcohol was my crutch from the first time I drank at the age of 14 you mm. know we were going to a school social where did you having, grow up? Uh, on the Gold Coast. Mm. Yeah. yeah, party town. Yeah. Um, so we were having, um, you know, vodka mixes before that that school social and um, I just remember, I still remember that first time and it was just like the world lit up. Mm. It was um, at, at all at once I was this confident, funny, life of the party girl um, and, you know, Talitha had arrived basically mm. and that's how I felt and I identified with that feeling and from then on I couldn't live without 
you know, having mm. alcohol mm. at every party, at every, you know, celebration, at every dinner, at wherever. It was just... Because she became... So the, that girl under alcohol became who you identified with. Yes. Mm. Who yeah. I wanted to be. Right. Yeah. Who I thought were, were the better people of the world, you know. Shy, you know, I always looked down on myself so much just thinking, oh, you're just awful, you know, like you're you're not confident, you're you're this, you're that, you're not worth anything. But if I could be this other person, then I was worth something. Mm. I can so identify with that. I remember the first time I had a drink, I, I don't know, I think it was about 15, 16, there was something in me that I was like, you like this too much. Yeah, yeah. right. But you that same deal. That. And, and then after a while – you kind of almost feel like you're a fraud if you're not that person because yes. you think, well, everybody's now expecting this wild party girl of yep. me and and if I'm not that, then people are going to be asking questions. So you, did you feel trapped by that? And what about when you weren't drinking day to day, to day like, you know, in your work life, for instance? Mm. I mean, how did that kind of go down yeah, you weren't sh- able to be that party to leave yeah sure so there was a there was a lot of um you know bravado that was was put on I guess through work life I pretended I was this confident kind of person when underneath I was really crumbling I was scared to ask anyone you know for help or whatever um, I wanted to appear self-sufficient so you know um, so I didn't wasn't exposed as a failure or mm. as a fraud um yeah, it was a it was a really uncomfortable place to be, and then I'd just wait for those you know after work hours so I could go to the bottle shop and and drink to release the I guess the anxiety that had built up during the day, and it was always so exhausting as well putting on this this front. Do you think um, the environment contributed to that, like the the newsroom or the commercial media environment I, th- I think the high for pressure you, not, it doesn't mean that it's for yeah everybody, but oh journos are massive drinkers but mm. so are lawyers so are stockbrokers yeah. so it so are Aussies, Aussies you yeah, know true <laughs> that like, yeah um they just are but I think it was the high pressure nature of the job mm. and and the fact that I was an a quiet and anxious girl pretending I was an an extrovert or or living the life of an extrovert which drove me to to seek, you know, solace in, mm. in alcohol. How did you start to become who you truly were? Because it's a very big question, mm. but you've explained it so well in this face and this facade of what you put forward. What were the steps that led you to go, okay, I like this, I don't mm. like that, and, and, you know, start to get to know yourself? It's a good question. I... I only really because there were two Talithas, right, in my drinking days. There was the the daytime Talitha who would pretend and then the nighttime Talitha who was just this out loud, mm. outgoing girl. In the end it became quite messy. But it, I didn't get to know myself until I stopped drinking. Mm. So the last I'm six years sober in in September this year. So wow. it has been a six year Congrats. work yeah, in progress. That's Thank unreal. you. Thank that's you. Huge. Um but it's only really I think this year that I've felt you know, that I'm really being myself in all walks of life, like in, in every single aspect, on the stage, in front of a camera, mm. here today, I can be Talitha and, you know, I don't have to pretend. How, how have the people around you and the people close to you reacted to that? Because I think sometimes we get so in our heads around like <gasps> people are going to real, are people going to know that I've been pretending this whole time? And then sometimes like I – 
I was sober for 12 months and and after you get a few like, oh, why aren't you drinking? Why aren't you drinking? And then after a while you kind of go, oh, nobody actually gives a fuck yes. or notices. Yes. But was there a pressure from other people around you to, you know, whether it be through work or mates or whatever, to be this version of yourself that ended up being toxic mm. or were the people around you in your circle kind of encouraging you to be whoever it was that you truly were? Yes, I've had some I've mm. been very fortunate to have some really solid friends, a couple who were from school days, like early mm. school days and another best friend who worked in the media industry, and she has seen me in all sorts, like mm. the good, bad and was always incredibly supportive. So I've been so lucky. Mm with that yeah um, totally. but but at the time a lot of the time a lot of people that go through this kind of stuff completely surround themselves with the wrong people yeah that's really right to justify yeah to get and, th- and and i did that to a certain degree but i still held my um my dear friendships yeah. pretty close thankfully yeah. it's so interesting when you think about friendships from that perspective because we have so much conversation about friendships on this channel mm. and so many of them about breaking up with some of them, forming new friendships. But I do think one thing we haven't touched on enough is probably also really keeping the good ones, mm. you know, because I think we don't give the time to talk about it because not that we take it for granted, but a lot of them are locked and loaded. Mm. So yes. they feel pretty good. But I still think there's something to be said that, that those kinds of friendships change lives. Like yes. those people saw you for you. My friend Kath who lives over, she's lived overseas, uh, sort of um, New York and London more than living here. Mm. Um, and we, we've we got the closest friendship. She knows what I'm doing today. She yeah. knows what I'm doing tomorrow. Um, and she sent me a bunch of flowers the other day when I was having a crap day. You know, it's just, mm. but she taught me about. I'm getting so email. I'm so homesick right now. But it's, like, <laughs> it's so lovely because of these relationships, yeah. you know. Yeah. 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 And it's just the little things. They, they should be fostered. You're mm. right. Yeah. Totally. For sure. Totally. Was, was there a time when you pushed Kath away because she knew who you really were and that, that can be really confronting when you're pretending to mm. be somebody and you know that the people that really know your soul, they're not going to take your BS and mm. buy that. I know I've done that in the past where the people that you know are going to hold you accountable, yeah. you're not fucking picking up the phone to them because you don't want your, your shit to be called out. I think she was the only one that was that, that she knew everything about me. So mm. I don't think there was any. She held my hand the whole way which was pretty incredible. But definitely there were people that I that I pushed away mm. because speaking to them revealed the truth, really, mm. and I wasn't ready to hear the truth for a long time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.
think there's such a issue with chicks and binge binge drinking? Uh, I, I think it's. Uh, Big one, the the culture, obviously. Um, It is sort of celebrated from an early age. Um, I think it can be a mask for problems. It can be a peer pressure thing. I think it can be like a a false reward for, you know, hard work done. Finished exams, yay, woo, let's go and have a massive one. Um, There are, it's it's complex. I don't Mm. think it's black or white. but I think that the peer pressure thing has a lot to do with it because, and I think that because with girl groups, you think I like think that so. kind of catch upy, mm. yes, pack. No, it's not pack because guys have that too. Yeah, but I, I am interested in the the chick side of it because I think we mm. have focused a lot on the men and mm. you know footy clubs and drinking and all of that. Yeah, and I think you know problems are problems. There's lots of things that can be done in all kinds of genders, but I am intrigued by because I do think female issues with alcohol is rising really rapidly. Mm. So the most common question that people ask me is, um, what do you do about your friends when you stop drinking? What are my friends going to say? Will I lose my friends? That seems to be the biggest um, concern that people have, yeah, which is an interesting yeah. insight yeah. into how how people, you know, sort That's of use. It says a lot, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's, but yeah. I understand why people might come through with that yes I would never ask it but I I think I scarily understand because similar to what you're saying Mm. but then also this cultural bonding thing yes just really fucked us Mm. right up yeah that's it and it's and you know the number of middle-aged women misusing alcohol has doubled in the last 10 years which is not surprising and and the Mm. issues such as women more women in the workforce now Mm. um mother pressures all that sort of stuff yeah, Email, it's a real mum. There's a yeah. real mum thing too. Like, yes. mummy deserves this yeah. wine, yeah. mummy. You know, and then if you're at home all day, oh, and yeah. you're, you know, then you're into two, two and a half glasses, three glasses. Mm. You know, it. Yeah, it's 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 an easy spiral. Yes, mm. and it's it's fine for some people, but for others who have an addictive, you know, mm. personality, um, it's you know, it doesn't end well. Yeah, Do you get sick not. of talking about this? No, 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 because I'm really determined to change, just change the way we think about it. You know, I just want people to, um, I want it to be a choice, not an expectation yeah. that we drink. I'm not mm. a, you know, I, I don't, I didn't want to be sober, you know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it was not my, my ideal. I don't know whether it's just in this country or just booze in general where things are very black and white. They're mm. very extreme where it's like, and an alcoholic is a man in who's homeless yes. in the park with a brown paper bag. Yes, and can I'm I not keep a, a job. And, yeah, you know, or um, I don't drink Monday to Thursday, but I write myself off Friday to Saturday. But because mm. I don't crave it on a Wednesday, well, I'm not an alcoholic. You know, like so. It's it's interesting. That doesn't mean that you don't yeah have issues. And I think that's why we. Well, I have anyway. You can excuse things for so long and I think you know like we've had lots of conversations about booze on this podcast and every now and then I'll you still get messages of people going should I quit altogether Mm. you know or should I do this or should I do that or do you think maybe I can't can't drink or does this mean I need to be sober like there's this real kind of extreme way that we see things you can or you can't or like you're a you're an alco or you're you're completely fine with booze yes i think you can come in and out of both right definitely yeah but i think deep down you also know Mm. i think you know i think you know your 
your healthy place. Yeah, I just don't think everybody admits it to themselves. Mm. For sure, and and I but think that's not always easy. But when it um, when it is a serious addiction, it, it's there's a lot of denial there. Mm. You know, because I spent a lot of years just thinking, what's wrong with me? What's you know, maybe I need to be a real estate agent. Maybe I should go back to uni and do psychology and, you know, all these different sorts of things. But the problem was glaring me in the face. Did you do a program? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was with AA. I, I still go to AA yeah. occasionally, but not as much as I did to begin with. But also Hello Sunday Morning, which I'm an ambassador yeah. for. Yeah. It's such an awesome way for the non-extreme drinkers. Mm. You know, maybe someone just wants to have a month off. They join the online community and, and just talk about it and, and tell each other what it's like. And, and get to know your patterns and think, yeah. you know, get to know yourself mm. with it. I don't think we – I think you're right in that it's like you – there's these kinds of monthly charity things. Mm. It's like nothing and then everything. Yeah. Yes. You know, there isn't this – you know, like conversation with yourself about a day-to-day situation. Yes. We were talking about it before we started recording with the balance. Mm. You know, it's kind of really like, well, if I take that month off, well, then I'm good for the next yeah. 11. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's how it works. Interesting rationale. Um, are we able to talk to you about Channel 7? Can you talk about it? Um, it's not really something I can talk about. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I can say that I'm in a happy place mm. about it now Mm. um and I just look I I don't want to look back at something in my life and think negatively about it Mm. so I'm trying to take all the good things that I had from my career it was an incredible career Mm. you know 15 years in television traveling overseas presenting weather reporter journalist um and I made a lot of good friends there a lot of good Mm. mates that I've still got and I just don't think it's useful for me to Mm see that in a negative light. Can I ask you a personal question about Mm. driving you to kind of do, you know, look after yourself in Mm. those environments? How do you get the balls to do that? Because it is a big industry and Mm. it is a a juggernaut and it is scary and it's full of money. You know, it's you versus it might not be media. It might just be a big organisation to Mm. some degree. How do you find the courage to kind of feel like you you go and back yourself like something like that? Yeah, I think something like that takes a lot of thought and a yeah. lot of, you know, talking with family and family friends and mm. um, it was it's so obviously rallied a bit of a, a mm, personal for sure. support. Yeah. yeah, and I have a, a like a big support network around me anyway and people whose opinions I respect and um, you know, I just found I found that that, that was the way to go mm. um, might not be for everyone, but mm. yeah, that's where I sort of ended up. It's so interesting without knowing the ins and outs, without even speaking about it, it gives strength. Like mm, it really so. does. You know, it, it there's just so much that you get from action mm. and you don't need to go into the details, mm. but the action of it is, is really inspiring, I must say. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I, ju- I just think it's... For women, um, we deserve better, mm. you know. We deserve to be treated. Well, I think everybody knows that, mm. but, but I don't think action, everybody yeah. is able yeah. to do it. And fair enough too because it's hard. Mm. But it should be said, you know, like you. the action is what really is the important part here because mm. it's not – that's not an easy thing to do, mm. not an easy thing at all. Mm. Yeah. How did being a mum change you? It was like um, God, I'm not like religious or anything, but it was like I had this little chip 
implanted in my brain of confidence wow. and self-worth and backing myself. It was like I, I got had shivers that. on my arms then. It, it was yeah. the, it's the most incredible thing. Mm. Um, that that's the only way I can describe it. it mm. It's like Power I lady. value myself yeah. now. Wow. You know, yeah. and I've got this little dude, this little human to look after, and yeah, I'm 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 enough. Yeah, because he yeah. chose you. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. That's stunning. Yeah. Because I think there's so much around <laughs> heading into this place and I certainly am somebody that's dancing around this place. Um, and there's, there's so much to fear, I think, mm. to some degree, especially if you're career-oriented and, and mums are really put in a box and yes. all this kind of stuff. But people don't talk about – because then you, you hear all of that, then people go away, have a baby, and then generally come back a year later and are like – power women uh, yes you know think uh, about yes, think about yeah. our generation and women that are working now right they go they have their babies it's hard they feel confused they look a bit like will i be back like it's <laughs> mm-hmm. like hectic and then they be we're back. all getting these messages mm. if you're in a box see ya and then they come back and they've like done some incredible thing like mm. or got this amazing job that you didn't know anything about or so what you say, it's like, I don't think many people say it. They probably more put it into action. But it mm. is interesting because I don't think we've truly really honed in on this new generation of women becoming mothers. Yes. And in that way, I have, I feel like I have so much more to offer the world mm. and a new perspective and a fresh perspective because of it. That's mm. why we need to treat mothers mm. with love and care because what they are doing, they're not only bringing a human into the world, but they're feeling empowered and feeling, you know, differently after birth. Yeah. Did you, like, how did you feel before becoming a mum? Like, was there any, you know, fear around how will this change or will I be a different person? Like, obviously, as you just said, it would change you forever Mm. for the better. You sound like you're more yourself than you've ever been. Yes. It's so weird. So, yeah. So, but obviously you weren't always feeling like that. No. Because of what we're kind of told. Yeah, no, like I worked in the TV industry for 15 years. You know, I was, um, you're always worried that a younger, Mm. more beautiful, talented person is going to come along. Yeah, Yeah. come along and take your job. And um, so many fears and irrational fears. And I need to lose weight or I need to put on weight. I need to do this, not put on weight. And I do that just with looking at food. Um, (laughs) But, you know, so many fears and anxieties. And now it's just like a thought bubble, you know, thought comes into my head and I go, I guess. Mm. Was there a moment when you first realised that since after yes. having your boy where you go, oh, baby, this is what's – here's the change. Yeah. I, I just – I don't give a fuck. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thought, yeah, later, yeah, yeah, Exactly. Yeah. It was a very obvious feeling wow. that I had. And it's not like that for everyone. I recognise that, you know, mothers do struggle after birth, but that's how it was for, for me. You. Yeah. you know, it really changed me. I think my struggle was – Pre having a baby and and post, I yeah, it's really changed Into me. Yourself, yeah. yeah. Well, you sound like yeah, you've gone through a lot of stuff and self discovery before you get to that point too. Yes, which yeah. people do at different points of their lives for sure. Now, yeah. Talitha, we need to wrap up this chat, but mm-hmm. um, tomorrow's show we call a posse podcast, which is where one of our posse members writes in with basically something they want us to have a DNM about mm-hmm. on their life. Would sure. you be happy to stick around and help someone out? Of course, I'd love to. So tomorrow we're going to hear from Esther. Uh, she wants to talk to us about how she 
is aware that she wants to take care of herself emotionally and physically, but she really struggles to stay on track. Mm. Mm. Um, so we'll come back tomorrow yeah. with Talitha Cummins and give Esther and as you guys mm-hmm. as well some advice on that because I think I, I'll be up for hearing what you have to say. I'm like, sure. definitely, we'll be talking about balance before Heaps. it's yeah. it's quite hard. So we'll all, all right, give a bit t- of an idea. Tomorrow's. Uh, Talitha Cummins, you can find her on Instagram at Talitha Cummins, double M, or Facebook or visit her at her website, talithacummins.com.au. It's been unreal. unreal. An absolute pleasure, oh, girls. Such a lovely so conversation. Nice. Thanks, okay, Talitha. Thanks, Thank you. Did you love this podcast but you want to chat about it more? Make sure you go to the Thinker Girls on Facebook, that's uh, obviously us, and Insta, because that's where we're going to be continuing this convo with you, Posse. Yes, we want to know what you think, Posse. So every week we'll be breaking down our podcast content across social media so you have an opportunity to share your opinions. Plus, we're on Insta stories every damn day, so you get to come along with us for this crazy TG ride. Yeah, Merce. Head to Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, or even Twitter to find us. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.